Hello, 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 Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day, my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Well, the Miami Dolphins are two and nine. They were riding high for a couple weeks, got a couple nice wins, but were beaten by the Buffalo Bills and again this week by the Cleveland Browns. And it just shows that when this Miami Dolphins team is up against a team that has clearly superior talent, they're just completely overmatched. And there were large segments of this game where the Dolphins, particularly when they were on defense, looked completely overmatched. And I mean, as you sort of alluded to, in the preview show, which you did admirably all by yourself this week. I, in fact, you did better than admirably. You did a great job on the preview show. So a stick tap to you. But oh, Well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. But as you alluded to, you said this Dolphin secondary, the, the injuries are mounting and that this team is going to have a hard time keeping up with the kind of elite talent that the Browns have at wide receiver. And we saw it with both with Jarvis Landry having a monster day, 10 receptions, 148 yards, a pair of touchdowns. Odell Beckham, who has for large portions of this season been something of a non-entity for the Cleveland Browns, had six receptions for 84 yards and a touchdown. Nick Chubb had a monster day, uh, 58 receiving yards on top of 106 rushing yards. He had a touchdown. Kareem Hunt had a touchdown. It was just, it was not pretty as the Dolphins go into Cleveland and fall to the Browns 41-24. The Dolphins end up losing the game by 17. I think really it wasn't that close. Um, I would say short of the, the fact that the Dolphins fought back when they fell down 28-0 in the first half and it was just like, this is going to be a very ugly day and I don't know that there's going to be a whole lot of positive takeaways, a positive takeaway did emerge, which is the fact that the Dolphins did fight back and they they got up to 24 points and they probably could have had more if a ball doesn't bounce off a receiver's hands and end up getting intercepted. Um, It was a, it was a, I mean, I'm not going to say it was a great showing. It wasn't a good showing, but it was a positive showing for a team that you know is lacking in talent and that is searching for pieces that are going to be around next season. And I think probably the biggest positive, and it's been a sort of a storyline all season long for these Miami Dolphins, and it continued today in this game against Cleveland, is that Devontae Parker is in fact capable of being the lead receiver for this team. Do you want to call him a number one receiver, a pure number one receiver? I don't know if that's something that you really want to do, but he had six receptions for 91 yards today. He he did a a really good job of, of getting open when Fitzpatrick needed him to get open. When Fitzpatrick had time to pass, he was able to find Devontae Parker, and that continues to be a positive. He's a, he, he may very well... If the Dolphins stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, Devontae Parker may very well reach a thousand yards as a receiver this year. Brain, what where is he at right now, uh, at numbers wise, with five games remaining in the 2019 season? Right, he came into the game with 40 catches for 604, and then he had six catches for 91 yards. So that puts him at 46 catches 
for 695 yards. And that puts him on pace to have over 1,100 yards at the end of the season. And that doesn't take into account that over the last three games, he has uh, 18 catches for 295 yards. So nearly 100 yards a game over the last three games, which those are the three games without Preston Williams. So it isn't a coincidence that his production has seen the uptick. And without Preston Williams, he's drawing the uh, the opposing team's best corner. He is getting the bulk of the opposing defense's attention. And he is still out there producing and producing at a higher clip than he was before. He is producing at the clip of a number one receiver. And you shouldn't forget that he was drafted to be that. He was the number 14 pick just a few years ago. So Devontae Parker is absolutely starting to come into his own. And when you consider the fact that he's playing with an offense that has no offensive line, Ryan Fitzpatrick is running for his life back there. It is pretty impressive what Devontae Parker is doing. And he he started the season off just very consistently getting, you know, three, four, five catches every single week and being right around 50 yards. And since Preston Williams has gone out, now all of a sudden he's averaging six catches and, and uh, you know, 96 yards uh, or 97 yards uh, a game or whatever it is. So, uh Devontae Parker, number one receiver. Uh, you you add that into to Preston Williams next year. You've got Alan Hearns now locked in. You hope that uh, you know Jakeem Grant, who got hurt in this game. You hope that that's not a serious injury. And then you know you're probably saying goodbye to Albert Wilson at the end of this year. But then you you're hoping that you can add somebody in the draft, and you've got a nice solid receiving core there. So uh, the receiver position in general right now for the Dolphins, because of the way Devontae Parker is playing, because of what we saw from Preston Williams, the receiver position as a whole for the Dolphins looks a lot brighter right now than it did coming. So a positive performance today from Devontae Parker. But as far as positives go, I think that's probably just about it. The Dolphins looked pretty bad in just about every other respect. They seem to be doing okay at stopping the run for a little bit, but ultimately that power run game that Cleveland has which just proved to be too much. As we expected, the receivers were pretty much torching this undermanned Dolphins secondary all game, and it was just not, not a pretty sight. So the Dolphins fall 41 to 24. I mean, I don't, there's not, really that much to take away from this game I, I i think other than you know what you know where the dolphins are strong and you know where they're not jakeem grant got hurt in this game and that was sort of distressing he, he went out with an ankle injury uh, albert wilson went down later it's it's just at this point the injuries continue to pile up for this team and i think i think at this point they're trying just to play out the string get through to the end of the season Make sure that nobody suffers any big-time serious injuries and that you can get yourself in a position to 
really start to rebuild this team once the regular season ends here. And hopefully the Dolphins can find themselves in a decent position in the draft. And in that regard, they did receive some good news today. The Washington Redskins, with a victory over the Detroit Lions, moved up to 2-9. and nine. So according to Tankathon, the Dolphins now currently occupying the third pick in the NFL draft. The Cincinnati Bengals had a lead at one point against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had a, just a miserable performance from Mason Rudolph. In the second half, they pulled him out, brought in Duck Hedges, who immediately hits James Washington for a an 85-yard touchdown, and Pittsburgh's defense stood up strong late in that game in Cincinnati to earn them a victory. So the Bengals fall to 0-11 and look like the odds-on favorite to get that number one pick in the draft. However, you know, if they're able to find a win somewhere in one of their final four games that is not against the Dolphins, and then also defeat the Dolphins, you know, the Dolphins have the inside track there. The Giants ended up falling short on the road in Chicago. They attempted a spirited comeback, but fell just short. So currently, Cincinnati is occupying the one spot as far as the draft order goes at 0-11. The Giants find themselves at 2-9, and as do the Dolphins and Redskins. The Giants currently occupying the second pick in the draft with a strength of schedule at uh, .468. They are getting the benefit of the fact that the Eagles lost again today and the Redskins lost again today. We did not expect the Giants and Redskins to be this bad. And right now, their strength of schedule, because of the fact that they're in the same division together, is, uh, well, at least the Giants is worse at 468 than the Dolphins, which is at 500, the Redskins at 515. So the, uh, the Dolphins... Are probably still on the inside track for a top three pick because the Giants and Redskins still have to play each other. The Dolphins also have to go up against the Giants at some point. Um, the Dolphins also have a game against Cincinnati coming up here in the final five weeks of the season as well. So there's there's still a chance, but the Dolphins are sitting pretty, at least if if I guess for some people, with the number three pick in the draft, which means the dream of being able to find that franchise quarterback, I think, is still alive. Uh, although, as you know, if you've been following the injury story, maybe it's not as cut and dry as it may have once been. Brain, anything else that you want to take away from this game against Cleveland? Anything that struck you as you, you watch this messy football game? Yeah, one other thing was, uh, look, the play of this secondary, and uh, a lot got said on the broadcast, mostly by Daryl Johnston, about how the Dolphins over the last two weeks have regressed in the area of being penalized and being undisciplined, and that over the last two weeks, uh, you know, they've gone from being the least penalized team in the league to uncharacteristically making big time mistakes, particularly penalties and in key moments of the game. And while I can't totally disagree with that because objectively the Dolphins have been penalized more over the last two weeks than they had been previously. And last week they certainly uh, had some, some gaffes, some mistakes. And in this week's game, in this game against Cleveland, there were mistakes and they were penalized for them. But I think that they're being a little bit overblown. 
because look, the the majority of that penalty yardage and the majority of those penalties came on pass interference calls in and they were very close calls that could have gone either way. And not only that, but they're they're they could have gone either way, and they're they're defensive backs that are doing whatever they can to try to hang with receivers that are flat out better than them. And I thought that the secondary played mostly admirable, uh, save for the terrible blown coverage on Cleveland's, uh, I guess it was their second touchdown of the game, uh, where Nick Needham was, I believe his responsibility was was technically to Jarvis Landry, who ended up making the the touchdown grab, but it's kind of hard to fault him for being distracted by the fact that Odell Beckham was also given a free relief free release, and he basically had to decide: Do I want to cover uh, Odell Beckham, who's who's free for you know twenty yards from the nearest defender, or do I cover Jarvis Landry, who's 20 yards clear of the of the uh, nearest defender. There was there was really no option for him. So even though I do believe he's going to get probably credited with the guy that got beat on that play, that was just a blown coverage. But save for that play, I thought that the Dolphins secondary played pretty admirable, admirably given the circumstances, given the circumstances that uh, basically all of these guys weren't even on the roster at the start of the season, save for Eric Rowe. And that the vast majority of these guys have just been thrust into roles that they're not accustomed to be in and that they, they quite frankly shouldn't be in. And Nick Needham played admirably. Jamal Wiltz, it was a rough day at the office for him because he had a couple of calls that didn't go his way. I'm, I'm not going to say that they were bad calls. It's just, they, they didn't go his way. And it was, so it was a rough day for him. And, uh, you know, Lewis and Parker in the bunch, they just, they were overmatched. Cleveland has an extremely talented group of backs and receivers that put pressure on the defense and it was difficult for them. But I do think that by and large, given the expectations and the circumstances, I thought they played reasonably well. And I, I think that the penalty thing, look, it's something that they're obviously going to get coached up and they're going to focus on and, and, and they're going to try to learn some techniques to, to not get penalized that much. But overall, I don't think it was as bad as Daryl Johnston was talking it up to be. I don't feel like they've regressed as much. What it really looked like to me, if, if you want to really look at how much this team has progressed defensively, this is probably the first time since the opening game of the year where the Dolphins have looked just totally overmatched by their by their opposition, especially our defense versus the opposition's offense. And in contrast to that game against Baltimore, where it seemed like every other play, Baltimore had a receiver running free and wide open. In this one, while at the end of the day, Cleveland still put up 41 points and they still had their way with the Dolphins offense, they had to work for it a bit. Uh, and and a lot of them, you know, Jarvis Landry made some big catches. Uh, Odell Beckham made some some nice catches in this game. It's not like guys were running free. It's just 
Cleveland's got some talented receivers and they made some plays and Miami's defensive backs were overmatched. Yeah, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. And we figured that was going to happen. We knew that this team was short on talent and it's probably still going to happen a few more times this year before all is said and done. Um, so yeah, that, that's, I think what we got for you, brain, unless you've got some other thoughts that you'd like to share on this one. I'm uh, currently out of town, currently in the suburbs of Chicago with my family. We're spending a, a week with some very dear friends of ours here in uh, the Chicago, the greater Chicagoland area where we are uh, going to be spending time for Thanksgiving. So I'm out of town. I'm, I'm taking a few minutes away to sort of duck into this bedroom in the basement of the house so that we can quickly record this episode. And I'm going to do it again later this week so that we can uh, try to knock out a preview show um, prior to next week. But uh, Brain, do you, do you have any other any other thoughts at all on this one? I got one other last thought, and it... It kind of goes to the whole tanking thing. And look, I'm actively rooting for the Dolphins to lose games right now because that is ultimately what I feel is best for the for the team and the organization going forward. But that said, there's a lot of there's been a lot of chatter about, you know, if we're really trying to tank and we're really trying to lose games, we should be benching Ryan Fitzpatrick. And there is absolutely logic behind that. It makes perfect sense. Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing quarterback at a much higher level than Josh Rosen. You can justify benching Ryan Fitzpatrick by saying, look, we traded for Josh Rosen. We need to give him uh, the rest of the season. We're not playing to make the playoffs. We That is out of reach now. There, even Even if... You were holding on to to something at seven and losses at seven losses, and you said, "Well, hey, maybe there's a miracle, and we reel off seven wins in a row, and we finish nine and seven. Well, that's out of out of here now. That that's not going to happen, even though that never was going to happen. With all that said, I don't know how. If you're, I I get it. I want this team to lose as much as anybody else that wants this team to tank, to try to get that number one pick, to try to get that quarterback. I don't know how Brian Flores doesn't lose the locker room if he makes that decision. Because just watch, I mean, first off, everybody in there knows that they're trying to win when they're when they're playing Ryan Fitzpatrick. And this isn't just about the quarterback right now. It's about evaluating every single player on that roster and trying to figure out what you've got going forward. And if you take out Ryan Fitzpatrick, one, you're stunting that uh, that evaluation of everybody on the offense. You're stunting the evaluation of the offensive line, of the receivers, of the running backs, uh, because you're just not getting that caliber of play out of Josh Rosen. And two, you're telling your players, in spite of everything that you've preached about working hard and trying to get better and trying to win in spite of the fact that you are overmatched and you don't have the most talent, you're sending the message that you don't care about winning. And I think when you're trying to build a foundation of winning going forward, not necessarily this year, but going forward, 
you cannot set that precedent. And I just don't think you can justify it. And then for those of people that are saying, well, what are you, what about Josh Rosen? You know, what, what about getting a fair evaluation on Josh Rosen? Look, if we're sitting here 11 weeks, 10 games into the season, and we're saying that Josh Rosen clearly isn't better than Ryan Fitzpatrick, well, then you've got your answer on Josh Rosen, and we don't need to see Josh Rosen for six more games. There's nothing that he can do that's going to prove that he's the franchise quarterback going forward. And at this point, there's there's nothing he can do to prove that he should even be the backup uh, next year to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right now, Josh Rosen's best chance of making this roster is that uh, the Dolphins end up carrying three quarterbacks next year. Uh, He is not the answer at quarterback for this team whatsoever. That is abundantly clear. And while he certainly gives us the best opportunity to get the number one pick. I just don't think that you can justify it to the players on the lock in the locker room or to your owner. uh, If you, if you bench Ryan Fitzpatrick, if he gets hurt, if he's playing particularly bad and you're out of the game and, and you feel like you you need to kind of give your team a spark. Okay. I get it mid game. But at this point, there's just, you're, you risk losing the locker room. If you play Josh Rosen. So uh, I, I give Brian Flores a lot of respect uh, for sticking with Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, because I, I think that in the end, as much as as an organization, they have more to gain by losing games. I think foundationally in the locker room and building what they want to build here, I think they have more to lose by benching Ryan Fitzpatrick than they do to gain. Well, there you have it, folks. The brain has spoken. Brain, why don't you tell the people where they can find you? can find me on Twitter, at Aaron the Brain. And, of course, I am at Amplified to Rock. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins. And make sure to visit DolphinsTalk.com every single day. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. And, of course, if you haven't done so already, we invite you to download, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts as the dogs go crazy here in Chicago, the dogs are going crazy in the house. Um, we invite you to leave us a five-star rating, leave us a review. We really appreciate you. It helps other people find the show. So we thank you for taking the time to do that. And of course, anywhere else you get podcasts, you can find the same old Dolphin show. So hopefully you are subscribed somewhere. We will be back probably, uh, probably maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe a little bit earlier than normal with our preview show because it's going to be difficult to record on Thanksgiving. And, of course, uh, Friday I'm going to be back in a vehicle on my way back home. But uh, So stay tuned. We'll, we'll get another show out onto the feed. Of course, if you're subscribed, as soon as the show is available, you'll have it in your podcatcher. So that's probably the best thing to do. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and each other, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins!